0: His Morning Crew with Rob, Allison, and Jim. We're honored to be joined by Jerusha Armfield. She is the granddaughter of the late Reverend Billy Graham. Good morning, Jerusha. Good morning, Allison. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with us this morning. I know the world is grieving the loss of Billy Graham, but you're grieving the loss of the grandfather that you treasured so much.
1: Yes, we are.
0: How are you holding up?
1: You know, we're doing okay. I think um, it's the thing I'm most shocked by is just, you know, he was 99 years old. This isn't something that came as a shock to anybody. It's something that we've anticipated for so long, but still surprised by how shocking um, it was. And maybe it's just something you are never really prepared for.
0: You know, Jerusha and I have been friends for a few years now, and I've never told you this, Jerusha, but 12 years ago, I was working as a TV reporter, and I was actually given the assignment of doing an obituary piece on Billy Graham way back then. So I was thinking about that, you know, and how we all knew this day was coming, but that didn't really make it any less shocking or heartbreaking when it actually happened.
1: No, it didn't. And, you know, I mean, for the last probably five years, I mean, every time his blood pressure went down, the family got an email. And um, so we really thought that we would have um, kind of a heads up and um, we just didn't. Um, nobody knew that it was going to happen when it did. But from what I understand, it was very peaceful. Um, really grateful that it happened in his home, not in a hospital somewhere. And um, I know he's rejoicing for sure.
2: We're talking with Jerusha, who is Billy Graham's granddaughter. You're sharing this whole funeral with the world. What is that like for your family?
1: You know, I mean, people ask me questions like that all the time. And I think that I'm I'm honestly just used to it, Rob. I mean, it's, it's been kind of my reality my whole life. Um, it's, I was telling somebody the other day that especially the day of, it's hard. Um, to you know, always be contacted by reporters or see it every time I open my computer, every time I turn on my TV. But at the same time, I think that I would probably be offended if that wasn't happening <laughs> because I do think he deserves all of that mourning. And um, his legacy is so incredible that I, um, I think I've understood that. And I think that I'm able to recognize that It's all coming. We're sharing all of him with the world because he was just so loved. And so um, at the end of the day, I think we appreciate it more than anything.
2: So much loved because now he has the honor of being one of four people that gets to lie and rest in the uh, state capitol in the rotunda.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's pretty incredible when you realize that, um, like you said, he's one of four civilians that will ever have done that alongside of, you know, Rosa Parks. It's pretty incredible, um, and it's a pretty big honor.
0: Jerusha, can you tell us about the last time you saw your grandfather? Um, actually, it was just a couple of months ago, and um, he was so
1: frail and weak, um, obviously, in the last probably couple of years, but especially in the last year, that um, he always knew when we were in the room. He rarely spoke back to us, but he would squeeze our hand or he would just whisper little things. But his kindness um, is what I think stood out till the very end. I mean, always just, I love you or... He was trying to pull your hand up to his mouth so he could kiss it or just such a sweet, sweet, tender man, Um, even though I'm sure at that point he was, you know, tired or uncomfortable. I mean, he was, you know, an aging old man, but just so, so sweet.
0: The last photo you shared of you and your grandfather, you're sitting at his side, kneeling at his side and holding his hand and he's wearing headphones. And I just was curious, what was he listening to?
1: He wasn't listening. Actually, the last couple of, um, probably the last two years, he was so hard of hearing that that is how we had to speak to him. So we would go visit him, and there would be a little tiny microphone attached to those headphones, and that's how I would talk to him and him be able to hear what we were saying.
2: You wrote the book, Thank You Billy Graham. It's such a powerful book. If you were to add to that book today, what would you add?
1: Oh, goodness. Well, the book was mainly other people telling their stories, Um, but, you know, for me, at the end of the day, even though from the time I was young, I saw him on magazines in the grocery store, Um, he was a grandfather, and not even a distant grandfather. He was a very hands-on grandfather. He came to my school programs and took me out on dates and um, was very active in my life, and I think... um, I'm not only grateful for his legacy that he had to the world, but I'm just so grateful. Even if Billy Graham was not a household name, I'm just grateful to have him as the grandfather that I had.
2: Jerusalem, such an honor to share this moment with you and Billy Graham with you. And know that as a family at His Radio, we are praying for you and your family today.
1: Thank you so much, Rob. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim.
0: They say once in a blue moon is like something doesn't happen very often, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, that happened to me the other day. Well, I'm hoping this is once in a blue moon because it was really embarrassing. Rob. What happened? So I have a five-year-old Sammy and my next door neighbor, they just had a baby. So I wanted to bring them a meal and show them a little hospitality and be a good neighbor. you know? She's good about that. So I made the meal and I thought I'm going to take Sammy with me to hand it off to them so that he can get used to like being generous and, and see what this looks like. Mm-hmm. So we go over to their house and I wasn't expecting them to invite us in but they did and I didn't want to be rude so we went into the house and saw the baby and it was adorable and what does Sammy say as we walk in the house? Uh Uh-oh. Your kitchen is so messy. (laughs) Oh I was very embarrassed. Oh you shouldn't be. I kind of like nervously giggled like (laughs) and then I realized that's not a good mom I need to like you know lay down the law here so I said Sammy I said that's not nice and I said do you know how much work babies are you were the same way you know uh you required all this stuff and equipment and bottles and everything and uh it's a lot of work it's exhausting and uh the people were really nice they're like yeah it is kind of messy but still it was awkward because i know you know he calls it like he sees it
2: (laughs) oh and my kids were young
0: (laughs) Does it get better? They don't do it anymore?
2: It does get better when they're like 20 and 30.
0: <laughs> well, you still have a long way to go. With I do. With a, yeah,
2: with a couple of them are still in the house. <laughs> I got a 16-year-old and a 9-year-old. But I'll tell you, I've, I've had some of those moments. Grocery store line, one of my kids, they will be nameless. I don't want to embarrass them. Uh-huh. But they pointed out the size of the person in front of us with their rear. And it was like, no.
0: It, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. No. It's our job to teach him about filters, I know, though, right?
2: I know. It would be fun to hear your story this morning. How about when um, when your child caused some embarrassment because of their words? Mm. The messy kitchen. <laughs> the person in front of you in the checkout line. What do you think? 800-447-7234.
3: Mornings with his morning crew. Getting
2: into the conversation of when your kid said something and it was like, oh, that was embarrassing. You know, like when they say your neighbor's kitchen is very messy.
0: <laughs> yep, that happened to me.
2: Mm-hmm. And he's only five, <laughs> it's okay, he's only five. You made it into a valuable learning moment though.
0: I, I tried, I don't know.
2: She, she explained it, I think she did it well. Okay, Yvonne's along with us. Yvonne, what's your story?
1: Child didn't really say anything, but my daughter was about two baby, a little older. We were in line, in a checkout line, at a grocery store, and she hadn't been around much diversity, so we were behind um, a young black girl with her little baby, and she touched the baby and then looked at her fingers. I thought I was going to die. I was like, I'm so sorry. She she started laughing the other mom and said, oh, don't worry, honey, it doesn't rub off, and I was just humiliated. You know,
2: I think that's sweet, though. I know. And that's that sweet? I could so see innocent. a 2 year old doing that. That's so cool. Getting mm-hmm. some texts in.
0: Yeah, Samantha texted. Her daughter is three. They were Shopping And Samantha says we walked past one of the workers in the store who wears an eye patch. She saw him and started screaming and saying, mommy, there's a pirate in here and a he's going to take my toys. Run. I laughed and so did the worker. He played along and said, I'm not a mean pirate. I'm a nice one. Arr.
2: Oh, he did the whole pirate thing. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. Got a great sense of humor in that. What about you what's your story 800-447-7234 it's his morning crew more than just pretty voices we
0: love talking about some chick-fil-a up around here mm-hmm. we like to talk about oh what's your favorite sauce do you like those waffle fries that have the skin on them or no skin do you like nuggets or strips but here is the latest burning chick-fil-a question on everyone's mind and I'm about to do a little experiment first. Okay. Okay. So I'm giving you some nuggets, right. Rob Dempsey, and I want you to eat one, and I'm going to watch how you eat it. Okay. Don't be creeped out by me staring at you. By eating. the, I'm already creeped,
2: <laughs> and I want to thank you that it's grilled. Yes. So I just pick one. Just you want to see one, how I, I eat it? Just pick one, I want to see how
0: you eat it. This is a very important question. Okay. Ah. Uh, Okay, so my question is, are Chick-fil-A nuggets consumed in one bite or two? Oh. And you're a two-bite guy. Uh I can see that. (laughs) So comedian John Crist, he's so funny, he asked the question on his social media, and the response was almost split down the middle with his followers. 51% said one bite. Uh 49% said two bites. So we've got a poll going on the His Radio Instagram. Check out our Insta stories. We want you to cast your vote. Do you eat your Chick-fil-A nuggets in one bite or two? I want to see you now. Well, I don't get spooked. It's I'm already staring in my head. It's already in my head, but I think I'm a two bite person because I love the sauce and it means I get more sauce.
2: Uh-huh, which means watch out for her at parties. She's a double dipper.
0: Yep. <laughs> It's his morning crew. A chicken nugget caper? It's a burning question about Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets. Okay, imagine yourself eating them right now, which I know you just did a few
2: minutes ago. She did give me some grilled chicken nuggets.
0: (laughs) Did you eat them in one bite or two? Judging by how fast you ate them, it seems like one bite. No,
2: no. I, well, we had a couple of songs. I did eat <laughs> two bites at a time. I'm a two-biter when it comes to nuggets.
0: Okay, okay. Interesting, because we've got this poll going on on the His Radio Instagram. You can check it out on our Insta stories. Do you eat them in one bite or two? Right now, one bite is 29%. Two uh-huh. bites is 71%. See? I'm
2: average. Yeah. I think I would be a two-biter as well. She doesn't know because now she's, you know, it's in thinking my head. it through.
0: I know. I'm thinking about it too much. But I think it would be because I really like Chick Fil A sauce. Mm-hmm. And that means I get to dip. Just grab one and bite it. But talk to me. Let's
2: see. Let me see if we can distract her. It's it. Uh, two biter. Yeah. Two biter. That's two it. Better. Oh, man. That is so good. Check this out. Daniel, I think he works at a Chick-fil-A. What do you do, Daniel?
1: Back of the house, chef at Chick-fil-A.
2: Okay, so what is it? One
0: bite
1: or two? Most of the time that I serve them, even taste testing, this, what you call quality control. I usually do it in uh, one bite, but if
2: I like the sauce enough, I'll I'll bite twice.
0: i got to say, I'm so jealous that your job involves taste testing, quality control of the nuggets. I've never
2: heard that that way before. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm also a biscuit, ma- uh, biscuit baker, so I,
1: I do everything back there. I am enjoying my brand-new Chick-fil-A store that I work under a new operator.
0: So, so you think most people are one-bite, one-bite nuggets?
1: It all depends on what kind of sauce you get. Now, if it's the Chick-fil-A sauce, I'll take two. The nuggets are usually Consumed during one because they're, I'm like, wait, it's gone. What happened to my chicken nuggets? They're gone.
2: I know, it goes so fast. I know, you got to savor them. She is. Allison's like, she, I I had a box of, not a box, a container (laughs) of grilled chicken nuggets. Allison's got the the good kind.
0: Mmm, yes, they're so yummy. Did you even have one? I did, yeah. How many? I've had two.
2: Had two. Mm -hmm. Why are you eating those so slow? I'm
0: trying to savor them. Okay his morning crew. Yeah, we're talking about those awkward things your kids say and just kind of bring a little embarrassment to you. Yes, Mm -hmm. my five-year-old Sammy, he walked into our neighbor's house and said, your kitchen is messy. So I turned a little shade of red, but you're making me feel a little better this morning. Mm -hmm. Angela, she texted and said when my daughter was about four, she pointed out a female clerk's mustache ooh
2: had a little hair thing going up there yeah it happens you know well yeah (laughs) charlene what's your story girl
1: uh when my son was three i was pulled over by a police officer for speeding and i begged him to be quiet the whole entire time Mm -hmm. Well, the officer came up to the window and my son asked if he was going to take all of his mommy's money, and the officer looked at him and said, yes, sir, I am.
2: (laughs) The guy's got quite the sense of humor to do that, huh? Rob, Allison, and Jim. Love hearing from you this morning. Call and text at 800-447-7234. Thinking about those things that your kids will say and you went, oh, I can't believe they said that. One of those embarrassing kind of moments, like Allison had when Sammy said something about the neighbor's kitchen.
0: Yeah, we were dropping off a meal because they had a new baby, and And He goes, your kitchen is messy. Whoops. I know, I was a little embarrassed, but I'm feeling better thanks to all of your calls and texts. Uh, In fact, we've got one from Alicia. She says, my son Skylar told a face painter one time if she would have went to college, she would be better at her job. Ouch. Ouch. And then we got one from Janina. She says, so I have an almost six-year-old twin boys and I'm seven months pregnant. My son saw my sister's father-in-law, who has a rather large midsection, and asked him when his baby was due.
2: No, she really? Yes. Ouch. Fortunately,
0: he laughed because I was mortified.
2: Uh, yeah, I might be too. <laughs> Cheyenne, you have a story to tell. What is it? We
1: had a business guest staying with us and uh, he was up on our third floor and he came downstairs and he heard, uh, or he came and said, oh, I met your daughter. She was four at the time and he was very heavy and he said that she came upstairs to the third floor and uh, when she saw him for the first time, she said, whoa, you're real And then, uh huh. And then she walked down the stairs, going fat, 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 fat. So what did you do? (laughs) I, I know. No, we were horrified. It was really bad. But actually, we're still really great friends with him
3: mornings with Rob Allison and Jim.
2: Good morning. It is Rob Allison and Jim. His morning crew right here on his radio catching up with Leslie Knox with a Greenville YMCA. She has been taking care of all of Rob's Big Losers, put the whole program together for everybody, especially for people who are doing it at home as well. You'll notice when you text the word workout to 800-447-7234 that you can access the at-home workouts that are available for all of Rob's Big Losers. You can be a Rob Big Loser right now at home. Just text that word workout. 800-447-7234. Leslie is along with us. I tell you, they are moving forward as Rosbig Losers, and I think you're helping out because one thing that we're discussing today and getting to learn about from you, Leslie, is are our workouts really hard enough?
3: Yes. So we want to be able to perceive our exertion, right? We want to know how hard or how easy it feels when we're exercising or being physically active. So yeah, perceived exertion.
0: So what level do we want to reach during a workout?
3: Yes, on a scale of one to 10, which is pretty simple, we want to reach a level of three to four or feel like it's somewhat hard. And um, and we so that means we don't want to feel like we're sitting on a couch, but we don't want to be so tired when we're finished that all we feel like doing is laying on a couch.
2: <laughs> it's really hard to figure out sometimes because we have levels and we think, okay, I think I'm at a five. I think I'm at an eight but how do you actually know that you're working out hard enough?
3: Well, the thing is, is you wanna be careful about, are you gasping for air? You know, If you're, you're not breathing normal, but you don't wanna be working so hard that you're gasping for air. So we wanna feel rhythmic in our movements. We want to feel an increase in our heart rate. We wanna feel that sweat coming on and we don't wanna be able to talk comfortably. We wanna be able to talk, but not where it's just so comfortable that we're moving at a slow pace.
2: I've heard it said at one time, it's like you can get at least three words out, but not like a full paragraph or sentence.
3: Right, yeah. It should be three words and say, give me a second. (laughs) And and then, you know, catch your breath for a second and then be able to do it.
0: I definitely fall into this trap of, like, I can get on the elliptical and just kind of zone out, and I'm moving, and I think, well, I did pretty good, but if I'm not really sweating or seeing those signs, am I not really getting a good workout?
3: Well, you're – any movement is better than no movement and everyone needs to remember that and that's that's paramount right we want to be able to move but if you really want to be able to make our hearts more efficient which we do and we want to burn more calories because we want to increase our use for oxygen we need to ramp it up some and we don't want to be so comfortable that we can read a book but work hard enough that we're not gasping for air. Again, we want to be sure that we're working at a steady state. And that's where music can help too. Beats per minute can play a part.
2: Good, I don't feel so bad because I see some people reading books when they're on the treadmill or elliptical. I'm like, I can't do that. Those people are so good. They're probably not working out hard enough then.
3: Right, you could probably do it in the first five to 10 minutes. You know, pay attention to how your body warms up and you could probably get away with it and maybe during the cool out, the cool down you want to be working during during those 30 minutes that you give yourself or 20 minutes. You want to have a good heart rate up there, spike, three to four.
2: Well, Leslie, you're doing a great job with all of Rod's Thank Big you. Losers. We are so grateful for you and everybody at the YMCA. You can follow the Rod's Losers on the blog. Just go to hisradio.com. If you'd like to start your own journey, access the at-home workouts yourself, you can. Just text the word WORKOUT to 800 447 seven two three four
0: his morning crew there
2: is hope today so grasp a hold of that because god is with you the bible says he'll never leave and he will never forsake it's rob allison and jim his morning crew right here on his radio
0: there's this cool tradition at the university of iowa you see there in iowa city the children's hospital looks out over the football fields and they pause after the first quarter of every game to look up and wave at the children that are overlooking the stadium that can't come down to the game. And even though football season is over, they're not stopping this Hawkeye wave tradition, but they are doing it in a new way by etching out a giant hand in the snow on the football field using snow blowers and shovels.
3: Let's remember one thing, it's for them up there, so let's just remember that and it'll be fun and it'll turn out great and we'll just improvise as we go and it'll it'll be great.
0: Yeah, they shot this video of this big crew of guys out there working and making this happen. So now when the kids look out the window, no matter what they're going through, they'll see this giant hand waving at them letting them know that they matter
2: that is so cool that the college does that for those kids
0: like that hmm and i didn't even mention that you know i'm from she's iowa she's from iowa how <laughs> oh. to get that in there okay
2: okay that's it mornings with his morning crew this
0: is one of those funny church signs god wants spiritual fruit not religious nuts. <laughs> I'm Allison, along with Robin Jim, or his morning crew on his radio. Well, I'm the nut. I better go.
2: <laughs> just gotta leave just right now. If Jim were here, he might know this, but but maybe I just have to ask Allison this one about ballet. I don't know much about ballet, but you know when when they're doing how do you? It's like a it's like a I'm trying to name the move. It's like a squat plie. sumo style. It's a plié. Plié. So this is plié
0: and a grand plié. And a grand plié. I can't believe I remember that. Did you do ballet? I did, but I was like six. (laughs) And you remember that? Amazingly. Did your mom or dad
2: ever come with you to the to the ballet practice, I guess? Is that what you call it? Practice? A
0: rehearsal, yeah.
2: Rehearsal, um, okay.
0: My mom probably was there, yeah.
2: So you were inside, they had the mirrors and they had the pole yep. up against the wall mm-hmm. and you did your, what you call it, bow, pout, pout.
0: Plie. Plie. You and did your plies plie. there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Pirouettes.
2: You, you, the what-a-whats?
0: Pirouette.
2: Oh my word. <laughs> well, okay, so this dad was watching his daughter. She must have been, oh, I don't know, six years old. She's a tiny little thing and her little Ballin- ballerina outfit kind of thing yeah, A little tutu Or leotard. The, that, Yeah, whatever <laughs> Got a little skirt kind of thing uh-huh. Leotard He's a cop So he's in full uniform And as she's over at the pole Up against the wall Doing the the pl- plowing thingy The plie, plie, the
0: plie. Grand, These are grand plies They're going all the way down <laughs> He
2: goes up Stands next to his daughter He, he has full police uniform on They do the plie together. This post is going viral nuts because, you know, somebody's got the phone going, ah, and taking a video of the whole thing. And then, of course, posts it. And there he is doing the plie with his daughter at the ballerina practice recital thing.
0: I would never have predicted that this guy was that flexible.
2: (laughs) Is is that good? I mean, (laughs) I'm watching it allison's referring to it because she sees it so that's you can get down he's, i get down that low the squats he's getting low so
0: yeah it's really? good
2: so how low you can go? He, he can do the limbo there. that's right pretty good way mm-hmm. to go dad more than just pretty voices Well, hi good morning it is rob allison and jim his morning crew right here on his radio with that encouraging way to start your day
0: what's even cuter than a llama
2: our executive producer jim man no no, oh, no sorry
0: no An alpaca! Oh, okay. (laughs) They're the most adorable livestock on the planet. There's plenty of people around here who truly appreciate their teddy bear faces. There was actually a Southern alpaca celebration last week. I had no idea. I'm so sad I missed it. (laughs) But hundreds of alpacas were on display for the event
3: good on the environment. They don't take a lot of
0: space. They're quiet. They
2: don't like to be handled too much, but they they typically are very, very gentle creatures.
0: They're gentle, but did you know that alpacas spit when they feel threatened?
2: Did Kristen Hanton on WBTV get spit on?
0: No, thankfully. She did not get spit on. Good,
2: because she was there.
0: (laughs) They also shriek when danger is present. Oh. And here's another piece of alpaca trivia for you. Okay. Do you know what a baby alpaca is called?
2: Uh, uh alpaca infant. I don't know. What?
0: <laughs> cria. I think that's how you say it. C-R-I-A. What language is that? I don't know. A cria. I don't know, but that's there nice. you go. There's your alpaca knowledge for the day. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. There's
2: this restaurant in Tokyo. I know, you're already, like, riveted. Restaurant in Tokyo, I can't go to that. Well, maybe you'd want to because its popularity is like skyrocketing right now. They have this very unique soup. The soup is like posted all over the internet right now. When you take a look at the soup, you'll notice that there's something just a little bit different about it. Not only is it a ramen soup, Mm -hmm. but it's bright blue. I'm talking about like the, the broth has this bright blue tinge to it. It's like making the rounds on social media. It's uh, clear chicken soup. It's blue, allegedly, without any kind of food coloring or any kind of uh, additives.
0: Well, blue doesn't really scream natural.
2: I know. (laughs) There's a lot of different theories. I don't know what they are because I can't figure out what they're trying to say with these theories. (laughs) I just know that they exist. But it's bright
0: blue. It looks like Kool-Aid.
2: It kind of does.
0: It makes you wonder.
2: But they say there's no food coloring and there's no uh, any kind of additives or however you say the word.
0: Well, I mean, it is pretty. does look yummy.
2: Yeah, but would Allison eat it?
0: Yes, I would. You would? Yeah, I love ramen.
2: Yeah, but if you saw the bright blue, wouldn't you go, wait, what?
0: Well, yeah, but I want to know what it tastes like because my brain says it should taste like blueberry. Hmm. But I'm pretty sure it doesn't.
2: Okay, well, we'll go get you a bowl. Thank you. We'll be
0: right back. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. Big
2: congratulations to the American women's hockey team. They overtook Canada. They won the gold.
0: Amazing. Yeah, I'm telling you. That's so cool. The most popular winter Olympic sports, figure skating, bobsled, Mm -hmm. snowboarding, hockey. And sadly, popularity matters. Because there's an amazing sport that was once in the Olympics, but it's now defunct. What is it? Ski ballet.
2: Uh, Okay.
0: It's a real thing. A choreographed freestyle ski program full of jumps, spins, stunts, all set to music. Here's a clip, just so you know I'm not making this up, from one of the best in the sport back in the 80s, Chris Simboli
1: combines, once again, everything the judges are looking for, the choreography, the, the poise, the grace, and the technical difficulties. He's so tall, the grace went like, oh, here's his Michael Jackson
0: moonwalk. <laughs>
2: was yes. that from the Olympics?
0: <laughs> this is from, um, what do you call it, like the preliminary whatever that leads okay. up to the Olympics. Like the Worlds
2: yes. or something. Oh, It that's was wild. in
0: the Olympics uh, in 88, no. 92, and then I think by 2000, it was gone. Uh, it was discontinued entirely. But some people are hoping it makes a comeback because it's I'm, pretty amazing.
2: I'm not knocking or anything, but I don't see it as an Olympic sport.
0: You don't I think it, it takes a lot of see it as a, a cool strength? kind of
2: thing. Of course it does. <laughs> but it's ballet. It's that's weird. Like, that's like saying put ballet in the Summer Olympics.
0: Yeah. Why well, don't they it's do that? It's a thing. And tap dancing while you're at it. (laughs) Oh,
2: my word. Where's Jim when we need him? Our (laughs) producer's gone. His morning crew. They're over 100 degrees in a lot of places in Australia.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, it's their summer.
2: It's so hot there that the koalas need hydration. I had no idea that the, the koala bears barely drink water. Barely. Bare- oh, I didn't even try that. <laughs> See, the puns just flow I know, out. They just flow. Isn't that something? So they eat like uh, gum leaves, and that's how they're hydrated. They very rarely have to go and get water. But it's so hot there that people have been giving koala bears, like, hot, not hot, but, uh, little hydration bottles mm-hmm. just so they drink it. So there's this one post that's all over Facebook right now of a cyclist who saw a koala bear on the side of the road. And so first he starts to spray it with water a little bit. This koala you could tell is just so thirsty that it comes up to the cyclist's water bottle and starts drinking out of it. Yeah, I'm showing Allison the actual image off of Facebook. And it's just, it's wild. It's like the cute factor, and it's sad all at the same time because the koala bears are so thirsty. It's so hot right now.
0: Well, so nice of that cyclist to stop and share.
2: It is because that that, uh, video that they have circulating on Facebook is just really going nuts viral. Got all these shares and everything.
0: You're a cyclist. Would you stop and give a koala a drink from your water
2: bottle? Oh, yeah. We're just kind like that, us cyclists.
0: His Morning Crew. I have your dose of elderly man story for you.
2: All right? (laughs) He is the elder statesman around here.
0: (laughs) So you won't go through withdrawals, all right? Michelle and her daughter were at the laundromat and they met this guy named John. And John started to tell them his story. He explained that he's 79 years old and living on the street or in his car. So he's homeless and Michelle and her her daughter, they felt a tug on their heart to help John. So they helped him with his laundry. They filled his car up with gas. They invited him to church. John says his faith is very important to him and he feels like God brought Michelle and her family into his life.
1: Heavenly Father, I thank you very much for letting me get through last night. I thank you for letting me get up this morning, dear Lord. I thank you for letting me get through the whole day safe and sound, dear Lord.
0: He prays like that every day in his car. And the cool thing is that now, because of this connection that was made at a laundromat of all places, John is now considered an adopted part of this family.
2: Oh, for real. Yeah. He's like the adopted grandpa.
0: Mm -hmm. How cool is that? They helped him out at first. They paid for a hotel for him for a couple nights, but they knew they just didn't have the funds to sustain that. So Mm -hmm. they found a friend through someone at their church that he could uh, move into their uh, house. So they're really helping him get off the streets.
2: Isn't that great? Uh, Just somebody takes somebody that to believe in you and then it's going to be okay.
0: Absolutely.
2: And the guy is in his well he's almost 80 right? Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Way to go that family.